Welcome to The Backstory with Dr. Ricky Singh. This podcast is focused on bringing you the latest research-based information about dramatically improving health, well-being, and quality of life. And here's your host, Dr. Ricky Singh. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Backstory. Today, I wanted to discuss a topic that comes up pretty often at our New York Presbyterian Spine Center. And that's often the question of, what's better for my back, yoga or Pilates? Today, I want to take a deep dive into the history of yoga, the origin of Pilates. What are the health and mental and even the rehabilitation benefits of each of these practices? And then you decide, what do you think is better for you? So we know that both yoga and Pilates can be beneficial for your back. But the choice really depends on your personal preferences. What are your goals? And more specifically, what are the specific conditions and the specific diagnoses that may be causing some of your back pain? Both yoga and Pilates are celebrated for their numerous health benefits. Both offer connections to the body and stress relief. They both can help with developing flexibility, strength, control, and endurance. And one of the things that probably links them both is breath work. So let's talk a little bit about the history of yoga. The birth story of yoga is rich and multifaceted that spans thousands of years. Its origins are deeply rooted in Indian culture and Indian philosophy. And if you look at pre-classical yoga, and this is 500 BC, this is probably the earliest form of yoga that can be traced back to the Indus Valley civilization, maybe even 3000 to 1300 BC. And these ancient cultures practice rituals and spiritual disciplines that probably laid the groundwork for what we now know as modern day yoga. Following this pre-classical era, there was the Vedic period that spanned from 1500 to 500 BC. There was the Upanishad period that was probably 500 to 0 BC, and then classical yoga. Classical yoga was an era that saw an emergence of various yogic traditions and yogic schools. There was bhakti yoga, which is the path of devotion. There was karma yoga, which was the path of selfless action. Both of these gained significant promise. Hatha yoga, which is one of the more common practices, focused on physical postures and breathing control, and that really started to develop during this period. It wasn't until the modern period, which is the late 19th century until the present time, and the introduction of yoga to the West is largely attributed to figures like Swami Vivekananda and Paramhansa Yogananda. It was in the late 19th and early 20th century where yoga really gained attention both from a spiritual and philosophical practice. And then in the latter half of the 20th century, that's when yoga really experienced a global boom and has evolved into the various forms and styles that suit so many different needs. This era saw a rise in power yoga and yin yoga, which all emphasize different aspects of, again, physical postures, of mindfulness, and breathing. It's important to note that throughout its history, yoga has continued to evolve, to adapt, and to integrate with various cultures and belief. And today, it's not only a physical practice, but also it's a philosophy. It's a way of life. 
It's a means to achieve physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. And the fact that its journey from ancient traditions in the Indus Valley to the modern world it really reflect timeless nature of yoga practice. Let's move our attention to Pilates. Now, the history of Pilates is relatively more recent compared to yoga, with its origins tracing back to the early 20th century. Pilates is often referred to as Contrology by its founder, Joseph Pilates, which has evolved into a specialized form of exercise for dancers and for athletes. But let's look at the history. Joseph Pilates who was born in 1883, born in Germany, and as a child, he dealt with various health issues. And this led him to explore various physical activities, including gymnastics, including yoga and martial arts. And it was his own personal experience that really shaped his approach to exercise and healing. During World War I, Joseph Pilates was actually captured in England, and he was considered an enemy alien due to his German nationality. While he was there, he really began to develop his system of exercise. He drew his inspiration from his studies of yoga, of calisthenics, and even a movement of animals. During this time of internment, he really began to refine his exercise system. He started to focus on control. He started to develop precise movements that targeted the body's core muscles. He even utilized makeshift equipment at the time, which now are known as the Reformer and the Cadillac. It wasn't until after World War I where Joseph Pilates returned to Germany and he really gained recognition for his innovative exercise approach. Joseph Pilates finally came to the United States in 1926 and he landed in New York City where he met his wife and together they opened their first studio that attracted a diverse clientele which included dancers and athletes and any individual that was seeking some type of physical rehabilitation. And it was at that point that the Pilates method really gained popularity in the dance community because it focused on balance, alignment, and strength. Over the years, Joseph continued to refine and expand his exercise method. He actually wrote a book entitled Return to Life Through Contrology or Contrology. And in this book, he outlined his principles and his exercises. During the latter part of the 20th century, Pilates began to grow in popularity worldwide. There are various schools of Pilates that have emerged, each offering a slightly different approach and variations, but the core principles are the same, focusing on core strengthening and breath awareness. And if you think about Pilates today, it is recognized as a holistic approach to fitness. It incorporates well-being. We use it in medicine for rehabilitation, for sports conditioning, for stress relief. And the method has emphasized strengthening of the core, improving your posture, enhancing flexibility. And that really resonates with a wide range of individuals. So let's talk a little bit about the physical benefits of both yoga and Pilates. If you're looking to develop core strength and balance, I believe when practiced regularly, both yoga and Pilates are ideal for this. Given that many of the poses in yoga and some of the exercises in Pilates involve supporting your body weight, you're also going to be working various muscles all over your body. Generally, Pilates is a discipline practiced that requires small movements focusing on various areas of the body. And even though most of the practice primarily works on your core strengthening, 
You're also getting the benefit of adding muscle tone, overall strength, body control, and flexibility. I shouldn't understate the mental benefits of yoga and Pilates as well. A research study was done from MindBody that revealed that 70% of people who practiced either yoga or Pilates report that both gave them stress relief. Both practices teach breathing techniques that can help you combat feelings of stress, feelings of anxiety, and both practices focus on aligning the body with both the mind and the spirit. Even though yoga is often considered a physical practice, it also incorporates meditation, taking some time to connect with your body, connect with your breath, connect with your mind. It's an overall holistic system that focuses inward into ourselves. One of the main benefits of yoga is that it has an extremely balanced effect on the nervous system through this deep breathing. It's a detoxifying practice due to all the twisting and the turning of the various postures. And this in turn helps bring hydration and fresh blood supply to various organs and joints throughout the system. Focus and concentration required in a lot of these postures really keeps you anchored to what you're doing in that moment and even helps ward off some of the distractions of the day. And this can create a bit peace of mind. Don't get me wrong. This is true of Pilates as well. Even though Pilates is somewhat a slower paced discipline that also focuses on breath work, it can also be extremely meditative and can also provide the same stress relieving benefits as yoga. When you're practicing Pilates, it requires good concentration of your body and your breath, which can all in all help boost your mental health. In the Spine Center, we are often recommending either yoga or Pilates based on a wide variety of conditions. Both can help complement high impact sports and aid in the rehabilitation after an injury. I typically tell patients who suffer from disc herniations or core weakness to practice more Pilates-based exercises compared to those who suffer from something called spinal stenosis where the canal in the spine is closed and you want to open up that spine. Flexion-based exercises in yoga can often be more beneficial for those types of patients. But both are a fantastic way to strengthen the muscles to stretch the soft tissues and aid in recovery. If we're looking specifically at the benefits for back pain, yoga often involves a range of gentle stretching and poses that can help improve flexibility and mobility of your, both your spine and some of the surrounding muscles. In terms of stress reduction, many yoga practices incorporate mindfulness, deep breathing, which can reduce stress and tension that can also contribute to back pain. Body awareness. When it comes to yoga, it encourages greater awareness of body alignment and posture, which can aid in maintaining a healthy spine and reducing strain on various muscles. And while there are many different styles of yoga, ranging from gentle restorative practices to more vigorous forms such as power yoga, you can really choose any style that aligns with your own fitness level and spine condition. When it comes to Pilates for back health, the emphasis is on core strength. Pilates provides stability to the spine and reduces the risk of back pain caused by muscle imbalances 
and disc pain. Pilates also works to improve your posture. The exercises often target different muscles that support proper posture. Strengthening these muscles can alleviate strain on the spine and help prevent alleviating back pain. Similar to yoga, you can customize Pilates. Often these exercises can be tailored to an individual's needs and limitations, and even those with various levels of fitness and back conditions can find Pilates a suitable way to exercise. So how do you choose between yoga and Pilates? The most important thing is to consider some of the following factors. The first is, what's your personal preference? Which practice resonates more with you? Do you prefer the mind-body connection of yoga, or do you focus on the core strengthening of Pilates? What is your current condition? If you have a pre-existing back condition, first, it's important to consult with your healthcare provider. Second, both can offer some benefit depending on your spine or back pain. What are your goals? Are your goals to improve flexibility, reduce stress, strengthen your core? And depending on the goals, that can influence which practice you choose. And don't be afraid of integrating both practices in your routine. Both have significant advantages and disadvantages, and you can find benefit from both yoga and Pilates. It's also important to note that whoever is leading your yoga or Pilates class also makes a big difference on how effective the exercise is. Really the key to long-term success is to be consistent and find an instructor or studio or class that motivates you and stick with it. The hardest part in any activity is just starting. But once you're on your mat and you begin the movement, everything after that is really just a bonus. So the bottom line is yoga and Pilates are both complementary workouts. They both offer mind and body benefits. And really the best modality is one that batches your fitness goals and what your spine conditions are. Regardless of which practice you choose, it is essential to approach it mindfully, to listen to your body, seek guidance from your healthcare professionals when needed. But overall, mobility is medicine. Stay active. Remember, when it comes to your spine, we've got your back. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening to The Backstory. Please subscribe, rate the podcast, and review The Backstory on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play Music. And feel free to share this podcast on social media or even your own website or blog. This podcast is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice. To learn more about Dr. Singh and his clinical research, please follow him on social media. You can also sign up for his newsletter by going to www.rickysinghmd.com. That's R-I-C-K-Y-S-I-N-G-H-M-D.com. Thank you.